Warning, you are about to listen to the greatest radio show ever. And due to contractual obligations and to shield our airwaves and corporate licensees from any semblance of liability, responsibility, and gullibility, we must tell you the views represented on this show are not necessarily those of this station or its management. This radio show contains differing points of view on current political topics, and due to the nature of its contents, it should be heard by everyone. Thank you for listening. Three, three, two, two, one. Now live from the Devil Radio Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, where the political party is just beginning, welcome to the Devil's Advocate Show. Friends proving it's never personal, only politics. Please allow me to introduce myself. Here is your host, Mike Crute. Welcome back to the Devil's Advocate Radio Show, playing out across the Civic Media Network, KTNF in Minneapolis, WCPT in Chicago, and I hear most times on Progressive Voices late at night. <laughs> yeah, right. Most days. Uh, Dom, generally we turn towards the national headlines, but our backyard is the national headline. The Wisconsin Supreme Court race, one week from today, could help start putting democracy back on a solid footing in my beloved state of Wisconsin, Dom. So I want to start hour two back where we begun with the Janet Protasiewicz, Dan Kelly race. And when I found a story over at the Raw Story, Dom, I knew, I knew I wanted to lead hour two here. Far right Supreme Court candidate described as unfit to serve in a scathing op-ed. Oof. As I share this opinion for the very same reasons, I'd like to share it with you in the audience, Tom. I'll go first. In Wisconsin, on Tuesday, April 4th, voters will elect either a far-right MAGA Republican or a liberal to a seat on the state Supreme Court. Republican. He's the MAGA one. Dan Kelly is up against liberal Milwaukee County Circuit Judge Janet Protasiewicz, who's been railing against Kelly relentlessly, uh, relentlessly, over his severe anti-abortion views, as well as for his sympathy for election denial list. Yes. That's the nicest way you could say it. Uh, Kelly has given Protasiewicz plenty of material to work with. On March 21st, he uh, was at an event headlined by the Reverend Matthew Truhella, a Christian fundamentalist who has described killing abortion providers as justifiable homicide. Nice character, the Reverend. A supporter of the militia movement, uh, he also called for evangelicals to receive paramilitary training and wage a holy war against their adversaries. Holy war, all right. You know, like heathens and atheists like you, Dom. The seat on the Milwaukee, uh, pardon me, Wisconsin Supreme Court that Kelly and Protasiewicz are competing for is up for grabs, uh, grabs because of former Chief Justice Pat Rogensack's retirement. In an op-ed published by the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel on March 28th, so the local paper, Ellen Brostrom, who is Rogan Sack's daughter, again, Rogan Sack is the retiring chief. She's the conservative on the court. Her daughter endorses Protasiewicz and emphasizes that Kelly is unfit for the position. What? The retiring conservative Wisconsin Supreme Court justice's daughter, who's a judge in her own right? has come out in support of the liberal Jenna Protasiewicz because the mega Kelly is unfit. That's very interesting. Dominic, as judges, I speak 
on behalf of the author of this piece, as judges, we take an oath to support the constitutions of the United States and the state of Wisconsin, Brostrom argues. Instead of supporting our constitutional rights, however, Kelly has worked to undermine the Constitution and our democracy. He has never served as a frontline judge and instead most recently served as legal advisor to the Republican Party of Wisconsin as it implemented the fake elector scheme. Crudy would call that the criminal fraudulent elector scheme, but, you know, I'm not going to quibble with the author. Part of a multifaceted conspiracy to overturn the 2020 presidential election. I like where she's going with this, Dom. The judge continues, in the United States, we proudly elect our leaders. Our leaders do not install themselves. Our entire democracy, indeed, the very idea of America, is built on this bedrock constitutional right. Whatever our flaws and shortcomings, and Dobbs got a few, America and Wisconsin specifically has been a city on the hill for the peaceful transition of power. Crudy, Wisconsin is among the five states that former President Donald Trump won in 2016 but lost in 2020. And Brostrom slams Kelly for being sympathetic to the mega Republicans who tried to overturn the Democratic election results in a state that now President Biden won fairly. A quote, instead of pe- instead of peaceful transition, however, however, since the last presidential election, the country has been subject to a massive fraud designed to convince fellow citizens that the election was stolen. It seems the losing side, led by President Trump, Fox News, and his allies, believes the results should be overturned by any means necessary. To that end, they have intentionally lied to the American people and conspired to keep Trump illegally in power. You tell him, sister. Kelly assisted in this scheme, and that makes him unfit to serve on our state's highest court. I believe we all have a patriotic and moral obligation to vote against candidates who have helped this conspiracy along, even if we are not fully comfortable with their opponent or would not vote for them otherwise. Kelly helped this conspiracy along, working to overturn the 2020 presidential election. That is not conservative. That is not American. Kelly is unfit to serve on our highest court. I have always had that opinion of him, Dom. He is contemptuous of the people of the state of Wisconsin. And of course, the Constitution, right? That's the big flaw. The fact he would set aside the Constitution, the will of the electors, he would represent the fraudulent, criminally, I would assert, fraudulent Trump electors here in the state of Wisconsin. He would, what, be a conduit for the RNC, but somehow deflects, defends himself because he was just cashing checks. As a 1099, not a direct employee. Of the right, I wasn't on the payroll. I was a, I was a contractor. You know, kind of like when he defended sexual abusers, because he's never been a judge, as it's been pointed out many times. Well, I guess there was that brief appointment to the Wisconsin Supreme Court, but he didn't win the confidence of the electorate. Hell, he, he didn't win the confidence of his fellow conservatives on the Supreme Court who many times, more often than not, wrote their own decisions instead of going along with his decisions. Well, they all dissent. Um. Uh, and I think you know, this is, I think it makes it even more interesting that given that this is the offspring of the retiring Wisconsin Supreme Court conservative justice. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm highly doubt that the, this judge grew up in a 
you know, liberal and a liberal environment, let's call it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, consider the source and in, in that sense, absolutely right. And, and thank you for bringing this and continually bringing this to light. I mean, this is a guy who conspired and you talk about against the Constitution, hell against you and me, against the voters, all voters, the voters, we, we voted and more votes got accumulated for one guy versus the other. And he goes and goes and tries to help the the mega Wisconsinites that you know the Andrew hits and the other was uh, Republicans here in the state of Wisconsin to try to what overturn that to overturn the will of the people. I mean, I, it doesn't get much more shady and dirty than that. And these folks are the same ones. They're the same ones that'll wrap themselves in a flag and tell you how patriotic they are. They put on their their American flag lapel pin. Well, if your idea of, a, of an American ideal is having the loser of an election lie to the electorate and conspire with the, the local statewide Republican parties to overturn the will of the people, well, then I guess you are as patriotic as they come. So what you're implying or perhaps stating, Dom, is that January 6th, or the facsimile thereof, the procedural coup happened right here in the state of Wisconsin as well in part facilitated by the legal work of the guy, Dan Kelly, who now hopes to serve on the Wisconsin Supreme Court, you know, to be the arbiter of law and constitutionality. Well, we've already seen his judgment. His his legal advice is go perpetrate a coup, because if it wasn't, why didn't he come out and contradict his client's actions? Why didn't he say, this is crazy talk? I don't know why they would do that. That goes completely contrary to the legal advice I gave. But that ain't how he plays it, is it, Tom? Not at all. I would did not. If I didn't kill someone, I would deny. I didn't kill that person. I did not kill <laughs> right. someone. If, right. if, if he didn't give that sort of legal advice that, hey, try the procedural coup. What could it hurt? What's the worst that could happen? What's the yeah, what's the worst that could happen, right? Clandestinely met in the capital in secret rooms had to be let into a locked building. We know. We broke in, air quotes, to that same building in the very same week, Tom. And the occasion was the duly appointed day where the actual electors, you know, for Joe Biden, the successful candidate here in the state of Wisconsin, were to get together in the Wisconsin capital and cast their electoral votes for Joe Biden. And these Republicans, and you talk about Republican Party leaders, I mean, from the top down, dude, it was Andrew Hitt. The guy was the chairman of the Republican Party. It was Bob Spindell, who chairs one of the congressional districts and is also a Wisconsin elections commissioner, who also recently was found bragging about the suppression of the black and Latino votes in Milwaukee. Very proud of it. See what we can do when we just put our heads together effectively. He bragged. We can suppress the votes. I mean, Dom, this is not a pound the drum for the blue team. But holy schmoly, man, when did we get start to set aside the Constitution if I didn't like the outcome of the election? Well, that, that's exactly what it is. And they all try to you know hide behind this. Well, there were questions. There were questions. There were no questions. There were no questions. I mean, yes, your your leader, your orange god lied to you, and either you went along with the lie knowingly, willfully, and became part of the conspiracy, which disqualifies you, 
or you are an ignorant bastard and no I no no right to be anywhere near the seat of power. Your judgment either way, no matter the result, is unacceptable. You know, I always looked at the courts as the arbiter of such things. I always thought, well, if you're willing to put your hand on a Bible and risk imprisonment for <laughs> lying, that the court was the venue. If you can prove it in court, bring your best evidence. If Trump, if you had a case, where is it? Why haven't you ever presented any of that evidence? And when we consider that the Supreme Court of the state of Wisconsin, by a 4-3 ruling, didn't throw out almost 200,000 votes that would have affected the outcome of the election, by a 4-3. No, I don't want you on that court, Dan Kelly, because I know how you would have voted. Come back. More Devil's Advocates. The Devil's Advocates, the fix for political junkies everywhere. And we are back. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates radio show. Be sure to check us out on the socials. Hit us up on Twitter at Devil Radio, on Facebook at the Devil's Advocates Radio. You can find more on the shows and podcasts and interviews at civicmedia.us. Click on the shows tab and look for the greatest radio show ever, the Devil's Advocates. Dom, sometimes I think we get stuck in this rut trying to protect democracy from those that would try to overturn the constitution and the will of the voters, you know, sort of the bad news. <laughs> yeah. I think we got to look for the good news sometimes as well. All right. All right. So I'd like to come back with some good news for you and the sake of the audience, Tom, the headline here, great news. The cocaine bear now officiates weddings. <laughs> you know, I recently renewed my vows with my beloved Mrs. Crudy we did it sort of our own way, but had I only known the cocaine <laughs> bear was available, might have changed the whole plan, Dom. Uh, let me read just briefly from this, and then we'll get to your phone calls. If you have the courage to hang on that long, 844-967-2789. Here's your good news. Be careful of the party favors at this new hot wedding venue on a cool Monday in Lexington, Kentucky. Natives, Alexandria and Armando said their vows under the watchful eyes and probably dilated pupils of the cocaine bear who officiated the wedding in his home at the Kentucky for Kentucky Fun Mall. Now, if you're going to do it, Dom, do it right. Go get cocaine bear at the fun mall. Images of the ceremony published by TMZ, which broke the happy news, depict the couple standing in front of the Ursine officiant. Ursine, I guess that means bear, uh, who wore a top hat for the occasion. The real-life cocaine bear was found dead in 1985. I did not realize that was based on a true story. <laughs> and according to Kentucky for Kentucky Fun Mall, he wound up in the museum after exchanging hands and crossing state lines a few times. Ahead of the wedding, the Fun Mall co-owner, Griffin Van Meter, touted the bear's efficient credentials to TMZ. And here's the law in Kentucky, at least according to this dude. As long as you feel the person marrying you like cocaine bear has the authority, then the marriage can be binding here in Kentucky. <laughs> what? 
Uh, oddly enough, it was also Van Meter who confirmed to the Wall Street Journal in February that the cocaine bear at the Kentucky for Kentucky Fun Mall, the one fans honor with selfies and by purchasing all manner of memorabilia from T-shirts to snow globes, dumb, is not the actual cocaine bear. Oh, boo. Louisville, local NBC station, WAVE News, first called the bear's authenticity into question in December. The outlet spoke with a medical examiner who said there was never a full carcass to preserve and who refuted the museum's claim. Cited by TMZ, the bear was found with a stomach full of cocaine. We had bones and a little bit of hide, the medical examiner told Wave. We had bones and used them to give us an idea of the height and weight of the bear, what it would have been. We further reported that the real-life bear was female, while the taxiderm bear on display in Lexington, nicknamed Pablo Escobar, is described <laughs> as male. I think that's the important part. Um, we, get, we, got, we got the most important part of that uh, article, cocaine bear at the mall in Kentucky. Go get married, folks. What? A little bit more. Maybe, maybe <laughs> oh, from the... Oh, wait, there's more. There's more from the conclusion... <laughs> Of the article, Dom, regardless of its authenticity, the cocaine bear has seen a brand explosion in recent months. Were you? I know you're aware. I'm saying this for the audience's sake. Cocaine bear, that's a thing now. It's a movie. Looks hilarious, but I haven't seen it yet. Uh, charting a narrative from taxidermist theme park attraction to a biopic subject to now novelty wedding officiant? Is it a novelty? I think it could really catch on, Dom. If there's a third wedding for you, I think cocaine bear should officiate. <laughs> yeah, right. Sources, if there's a third wedding for me, it's probably because of the cocaine. Cocaine bear, you you and cocaine <laughs> bear running off together, Dom? Ass, grass, or cash, nobody rides for free. Uh, sources close to cocaine bear have remained tight-lipped as to whether or not this could become a permanent second act. If there's a taxidermied meth gator somewhere in the swamps of Florida, however, <laughs> we're guessing she and her agent are taking notes. Guarantee that's the case. If there's a meth gator, Joel Clayfish has hunted him. <laughs> Just don't eat it. 844-967-2789. Let's get to you those know, very patient callers. You know how you know it's a meth gator? No teeth? All the missing teeth, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mary from Milwaukee, welcome. What do you got for us today? Hey, Mary. Yeah, sorry, uh, Cruton. Um, sorry to take us back to a serious subject. And oh, no, it's quite right. <laughs> but I'm wondering if uh, the Supreme Court candidates have expressed their opinion on gun control. And if appropriate, it should be highlighted in this last week. I'll take your uh, response off the air. Thank you. I appreciate it, Mary. Uh, the only topic of gun control that i have heard is ted nugent you know the fred bear guy the the rock and roll turned wackadoo turned recent guest on joel clayfish's show raised in the wisco and also a recent opening act for trump during the uh you know trump davidian waco cult meeting that may also be true although not independently verified by yours truly uh but dom <laughs> Trust me, man. There there was a little hate mail about the Ted Nugent appearance, and it was pre-authorized. I said, sure, man, have him on. I peppered it. Ted Nugent once at a, not in the actual peppering sense, but, you know, I asked him multiple follow-up questions at a presser one time, and he had the good sense to take all of my questions and snarkily answer them, but at least he had the respect to do a presser. 
So Joel asked, I said, whatever, Joel, it's your show. And Ted Nugent endorsed Dan Kelly. So consider the source because he said Dan Kelly was your your gun guy. Dan Kelly was, you know, if you love some guns and who amongst us doesn't, then Dan Kelly's your guy. And if you're looking to renew your vows, Cocaine Bear is your officiant. Little good news now. Uh, I believe I saw a picture of Dan Kelly at a gun range, you know, shooting a rifle. So, you know, he's he's, he's very, very gun-y. And if Ted Nugent supported him, um, as Curdy said, Consider the source. Oh, Ted, man, what happened to you, man? Detroit City Madman, such a disappointment. Folks, we are the Devil's Advocates coming back with more of your calls. 844-967-2789. Save the two bucks on tomorrow's paper. Listen to the Devil's Advocates today. Welcome back to the Devils Advocates Radio Show, the Tuesday edition. Badger Final Four pregame show. I'd like to think of us as a 6 p.m. tip-off. WFHR, our flagship Badger station. You can stream it live on the Civic Media app. Also, hey, just, just for the record, you got to yes. say NIT Final Four. It's it's like saying it's like saying Dan Kelly was a Supreme Court justice without noting that he was appointed by Scott Walker. I think Just, the, come on, man. the real Badger fans know it's the NIT, but at least <laughs> yeah, we're still okay. playing, baby. <laughs> Vegas or bust. We're yeah, in the baby. final four NIT. So anyways, <laughs> uh, Dom, um, I've traveled all around the state of Wisconsin. You know, part of Civic Media's mission has been to cover the state. I've joked. I'm trying to cover the back of Russ Feingold's hand. And I feel like, by the time all the parts come together, we will have done a pretty a pretty damn good job in about a year's time. But there may not be time to move every portion of the state electorate, not for this race, not for a spring oh. race. And not for I, a race that's next week, a week from today. Yeah, I don't have any more radio stations rolling out for you fine folks in the next week. Not in rural Wisconsin. And while I feel pretty confident here in Madison, all my friends are thinking like I am. We got to go vote for Protosawitz. But I wonder, out in the out markets, out in the rural parts of the state of Wisconsin, where we typically see the overvote for the red, and don't let the colors fool you, this is badger wear, folks. This ain't supportive of the Republican Party or the rural red part of the state, not the way they've been voting. But when you compare the Democrat strategy the rural strategy, as Dave Zawiefel writes at the Capital Times, they don't have one. It's a little scary. Uh-oh. So you hope we're doing our part in the outstate. You hope a guy like Ben Wickler has raised enough capital and there's enough third-party spending, although we know that Matt Rothschild was bemoaning that. Now we're one. Find the podcast at civicmedia.us a little bit later today. But the rural strategy, Tom. How do we convince rural voters that the Democratic Party stands for them? Because that's that's the question. We've got to turn out the cities and Republicans turn out the rural areas. But couldn't we as Democrats try a little of Dave Zewiefel's writing? The National Democratic Party has taken a lot of hits in recent years for what many perceive 
as its abandonment of rural voters. But the most unsparing criticism comes from some uh, someone typically on the Democrat side, Texas gadfly and outspoken progressive Jim Hightower. Anyone? Oh, I remember Jim. Anyone that's ever been to Fighting Pod Fest or been yep. a loyal listener of this fine show, we've had Jim on the show. Hightower is well known here in Wisconsin, where he's made frequent visits at political gatherings. He was blunt in his January Hightower Lowdown newsletter about what he thinks the Dems' rural voter strategy, if he says you could even call it that. First, he attacks the party's Washington-based insiders for promulgating an election strategy to recruit and finance candidates in their own image. Urban, urbane professionals who try to tiptoe an office with bland, middle-of-the-road policies of pretend reform that preserve all the abusive power of the existing system. So when we're talking with our pal Matt Rothschild, who is the watchdog of political spending here in the state of Wisconsin, and we're winning, the Democrats are winning the fundraising game, at least directly. Billionaires, billionaires are giving money to the party, and they turn around, they advance that money back to the candidates. But does that make them more appealing to the rural part of the state or the progressives out there? I mean, farmers used to be pretty progressive. Anyways, a little bit more from Hightower through the writing of Dave Sweefel. Believe it or not, he continues, they actually decided the smart thing to do is to kiss off the entire swaths of the country, especially the farm counties and factory towns of rural America. Don, we would never do that to the people. We, I love the small towns. There's a lot of cool ones in the state. A little bit more, and then perhaps you can do some of the lifting for a change. Forget the give them hell scrappy spirit of Harry Truman. These geniuses, that should be an air quotes, are surrounding those millions of voters, uh, pardon me, surrendering those millions of voters without a fight, labeling them as a lost cause, unworthy of expending political money and effort, writes the former Texas Agricultural Commissioner, again, Hightower. Instead, the party has bet the whole game on increasing turnout among true blue Democrats in city and metro precincts while hoping to skim off enough independents and moderate Republicans to squeak out some wind stops, squeak them out by like 5,600 votes. <clears throat> Pardon me, Crudy. Uh, Hightower continues, Democrats are not losing rural elections because their ideas are radical or too anti-establishment, but specifically because party leaders are too timid and unwilling to fight for those ideas and too often maneuvering behind the scenes to kill them, Hightower argues. People see this. Longtime activist Matt Hildreth, who heads RuralOrganizing.org, says the result of the hypocrisy is inevitable. The number one question that we lose rural voters on is, are Democrats fighting for you? I remember Wisconsin's Mike McCabe making the same argument when he ran for the Democratic nomination for governor back in 2018 and in his book, Blue Jeans in High Places. Others criticized the National Party for deciding in the 22 uh, 2022 midterms to pull back fundraising for the Democratic candidate Brad Pfaff, who wound up barely losing to insurrectionist Derek Van Orden in Wisconsin's mainly rural 3rd District. Uh, another quote from Hightower. Rather than, rather than keep paying $500 an hour fees to its flock of old-line Washington consultants, the National Party apparatus should be sending $500 a month to each of these scrappy groups in rural uh, of rural Democrats. 
With even the slightest wherewithal and long overdue moral support, they will build a grassroots election infrastructure that in conjunction with Metro Democrats can actually produce a government worthy of the American people's progressive aspirations. Now that, he says, is a party worth fighting for. Dave Zwiefel writing at the Cap Times. I know we're in the midst of a state Supreme Court race, and so many of the issues that are near and dear to me effectively go through the Wisconsin Supreme Court. So a lot of, lot of reason to be civically engaged right now. Go out and vote on April 4th, a week from today. I would encourage you to vote for Protosawitz. I think she is the voice of, let's call it, sanity, perhaps Or you could vote for rights. a guy who was paid by the Wisconsin GOP and the RNC to, I don't know, come up, advise on legal schemes to overturn the will of the people, the majority of the will of the people. That's the guy. I mean, really, that, that's, your, that's your option. That is your option in this race. But above and beyond that, I sure do hope we can go back to talking about progressive principles on the radio some. You know, what we're for? Things like Medicare for All. When's the last time you heard me or anyone else advocating for Medicare for All? We've been chased off of some of the the subjects that are instrumental to how I think our nation should be governed. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to get into the weeds about something like that when the, 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 the basic foundation of democracy is literally has the capability to wash away before our eyes. You know, I'm down too, man. I'd love to talk about cap gains taxes and income taxes and what's appropriate and what's what's a proper level of, of debt for the federal government. Yeah, yes, all those things. But come on, man. If if the losing party stages a revolt and nothing happens, I, we need to address these other issues. We have now I'm not saying we can't do two things at once or three things at once. They kind of take a priority, man. There's got to be some comeuppance. This is a seditious conspiracy imposed upon this country, you know, willfully with, with state Republican leaders in many states. With Donald Trump and all of his attorneys, the whole thing. So while I'm, I'm down, man, I'm, I'd love to have these conversations. Those things got to be addressed, man. And you can't put that aside. How the hell are you going to talk about Medicare for all when you can't even agree that the person that gets the most votes should be the one elected to the seat. You know, a conservative recently told me some of those January 6th people get a bad rap. (laughs) (laughs) 844-967-2789. It's a pretty clear line in the sand for this little media product. Well, I mean, uh, unfortunately, it is, man. Uh, if, it's if really hard to overcome that. And we talk about reaching out to the rural voters, and I, I, I appreciate that. And uh, listen, everyone everyone needs to be touched. Let's let's have those conversations. I'm so down with it. But if I reach out to a rural voter and they say, oh, man, Donald Trump, he got screwed, man. He got the election stolen. You know, how, how uh, you know, what's my proper response? Are you effing kidding me? Okay, let's not do that. Let's say, okay, based on what do you say that? Oh, because Donald Trump told you the loser, the guy who's been convicted of fraud or his company's fraud, the guy who's been a hustler his entire life, the guy who was born on third and thinks he hits a triple. This guy, you're going to trust him. The lawsuits that he lost, everything he tried to do, it all failed. But because Fox News, who now apparently has it come up with the Dominion lawsuits, you know they're lying to you. So, okay, rural voters, Republican voters, you, you think there's a problem. What's your assessment? Where do you get your information from? 
Because Donald Trump did not get an election stolen from him. He lost it. He lost it fair and square. Well, let me point out, Tom, hence the work, the hard work I think we're doing here at Civic Media, dude. Where do you get reliable information in the out markets? And I've told you this, the internet in certain parts of the state of Wisconsin sucks. You get off the interstate, you get deep in the woods, you don't get broadband. You aren't going on the Washington Post site. You're probably not a subscriber. The vast majority of people, and I love that we've got a very educated listenership, but the vast majority of people, they want their news for free, or maybe they used to subscribe to the local paper, but it barely merits rapid fishing anymore, talking about the local papers. So a lot of the media that drives the conversations in the state of Wisconsin is talk radio. I mean, we've talked about this a million times now, 81 outlets, 235 hours per week, just churning out right-wing talk. That's one state. That's our state, Wisconsin. And up until now, I've always felt like the Democrats ceded the airwaves. People ask me outside the state, how did Ron Johnson win? This guy's crazy. How did he win re-election? He's a January 6th insurrectionist. The guy wanted to hand off the fake electors to Mike Pence. How did this guy win re-election? And of course, you know, you can talk around the fringes about, oh, well, the racist ads and Mandela Barnes got kneecapped and didn't have the right money at the right time. It's suppression of the votes in Milwaukee with Spindel. But here's what I would say it was. It was Ron Johnson's awareness that right-wing talk radio drives real voter turnout in the state of Wisconsin and across this nation. And the fact the New York Times reported shortly before the election, the guy had been 325 hours on right-wing talk radio. That's almost 10 full work weeks. Am I wrong? Like divide by 40 times 10 is 400 hours. 10 full work weeks Senator Ron Johnson is serving his constituency town hall style, one right-wing radio interview at a time. And people always wonder, how did the Republicans always sneak up at the last? And I am a little concerned about this Protosawitz race. You know, just because I'm feeling good because Charlie Barron's turned him out at a comedy club in Madison. Well, this is liberal Madison. People are going to vote for Protosawitz here. I have every confidence But 50 miles from here in rural Wisconsin, I have a lot less confidence. And just because we feel like we're informed on these issues, because we read the the Journal Sentinel and the Washington Post, and we have all these great news sources. Well, guess what? That's great if you live in a city in the state of Wisconsin, if you live on the interstate. But if you live in the woods, you're listening to the radio. And that's why we are on the radio, Dom. Soon to be. 13 markets across the state of Wisconsin, plus Minneapolis and Chicago. They love us there, except when we talk about the NIT dominance of the Badgers. (laughs) Folks, we are the Devil's Advocates. One last segment for your phone calls, then tipping off NIT Final Four style from Vegas. Badgers playing out on the Civic Media Network. WFHR is our flagship. You can stream it live right here. But we ain't done yet. We're still waiting for your super-duper takes Your phone calls at 844-967-2789. Call because it's important, because you love us, because we need the support. I'm getting ready for a Badger game.
You're listening to the radio show your mother warned you about, The Devil's Advocates. And we are back. Thank you for listening to The Devil's Advocates radio show. Last segment of the day. If you got something to say, hit us up right now. 844-967-2789. Before we get to the phones, one final headline for the day. This is a big one. CNN breaking the news today. Federal judge has decided that former Vice President Mike Pence must testify to a grand jury about conversations he had with President Trump leading up to the January 6th insurrection. The judge said in a ruling that remains under seal that Pence still can decline to answer questions related to his actions on January 6th itself when he was serving as president of the Senate for the certification of the election. The ruling from Chief Judge James Bosberg from the U.S. District Court in Washington, D.C. is a major win for Special Counsel Jack Smith, who is spearheading the Justice Department investigation. Pence still has the ability to appeal. I hate that last sentence. There are too <laughs> many appellate channels here. 844. Just go testify. Do your I know, I know. Duty. Do your patriotic duty. But but also remember, I mean, the, you know, last time they'd like, hey, you got till midnight to respond. Hey, DOJ, you got till 6 a.m. to respond. I mean, if they move with that kind of alacrity, uh, this thing will be wrapped up sooner than you think. 844-967-2789. Dick, the most patient. Welcome, Dick, from Madison. Hey, Dick. Alacrity. Holy smokes. <laughs> I got to get my dictionary out for that one. Uh, Badgers Do it quickly. The, the Badgers by three. The Seijin is going to come out of the shooting slump. Anyway. I like that prediction, um, Dick. This is kind of off subject, but in all the things happening in the world, I really like how the Israeli people are handling their crook. Netanyahu? <laughs> what are they? March? They're marching in the streets, are they not, Dick? Yes, they are, and they kind of changed its tune on things at least for the time being but don't trust them any farther than you could throw them and that's not very far well the french people are also in the streets americans only go in the streets to try to overturn the outcome of an election when their former president (laughs) lies to them right there is that but um no i just find everything going on over there incredibly interesting and it kind of ties into this country but well, don't get so don't distracted you forget to vote a week from today. Oh, no, 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 no. A vote for Protosawitz is a vote for democracy, Dick. It's a vote against fascism. Mm, there we go. Appreciate Thank you, it, Antifa. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Just like my grandpa was. 844-967-2789. My carpool buddy, Rico, from Rock County. How you doing, Rico? <laughs> hey, Rico. Oh, God. Somebody's got to tell Charity, man, that, uh, you know, once you get in there to Mantown, you got to quit looking out for those deer, man. It's those goddamn potholes. Jeez Louise. Fix Holy the road, Scott me. Walker. I mean, Tony Evers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just want to say to all folks out there, I found out firsthand last night what it's like to be a friend of the devils. And, Mike, you're a stand-up guy. Thanks a lot. Well, I'm sitting currently, but I appreciate the kind words, Rico. You know, it is just a strange confluence of circumstance that led me to flip you the keys to my car last night because I didn't want to drive it home, and you look like you were in more more in need than I was. It's a short, shorter Uber ride out to Middleton, and I made a guy drive me. So thank you, William, 
We we all had a favor to owe last night, Rico. <laughs> right, man. Pay it forward, yeah. baby. <laughs> yeah, good thing. Hey, appreciate it, guys. Everything you do, man. Yeah, thank you, Rico. Glad Thanks, the Rico. glad Mrs. Rico made it to work. She was quite quite unnerved of the thought of like having to camp out at a Motel Six in Madison. Just want to go to a Charlie Barron show for Christ's <laughs> sake. Just want to have some fun, man. Uh, glad I, you know what they say, Dom, a friend in need is a friend indeed. Amen, so brother. glad I could be a friend last night, Rico. Don't ask though, Dom. I'm not loaning you the car. <laughs> You're like my youngest kid. No, the answer is no. Always uh, no. I'll convince you. 844-967-2789. Jim from Appletown. How you doing, Jim? Welcome, Jim. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to throw out there, I'm getting lots of texts from out-of-state people that are saying, vote for Dan Kelly. Janet, bad. Well, how'd you get on the Republican text list? What'd you do, Jim? I have no idea. I must have done something terrible. But I just want everybody to know that's receiving these texts. Make sure you check the area code because most of them are coming from out-of-state. Well, I got a two o two. I got two o two from the Working Families Party telling me the early voting has started in the Supreme Court race. I got like nine of these. I got what's this one? Tell me. Um, this one's really long. A little too much. Um, <coughs> we need your help in Wisconsin. Just seven days. Wisconsin voters will vote in the biggest election of twenty twenty three in the Wisconsin Supreme Court race. That came from a two one. Two three one, my bad, Jim. So yeah, not getting a lot of hometown love. Um, yeah, I got a three five four and a six zero two, and yeah, okay, guys. <laughs> two three ones like uh, north north northwest Michigan, you know, like Traverse City style. I got one from the West GOP at an eight three three number. West GOP early voting has started. Suddenly they've taken a change of tune, Jim. <laughs> What they're early, early voting? I thought that was bad, Jim. They're they're ballot harvesting on the right these days, Jim. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. they got to play by the same rules, oh, yeah. you know. And it tells me vote for Justice Dan Kelly four four, and it also says text stop to end. I'm gonna I'm gonna text stop. Hey, Jim. So you know, Crudy's <laughs> in Madison. I'm in Milwaukee. These are pretty pretty blue areas. Appleton more purple, man. What what's the uh, what's your sense around uh, the Fox Valley these days? As it pertains to this election, when I get to when I get to the north part of the valley, I see way too many Kelly signs for my taste. Very surprising to me but, that uh, Green Bay and we have a new station in Green Bay, as you may well know, Jim uh, WGBW. Green Bay, a red city, despite the fact it's a college town and it's a city. We're going to change that if we can, Jim. Not because I'm Team Blue, because I'm Team Truth, and the other teams. Not so much on the truth side these days. Is better half is here. Uh oh, better half is here. Yeah. Jim, hand off the phone. I'm, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> you you want to talk to him? Dude? Are are we on a party line here, Jim? <laughs> All right, lay it on no, us. She was, she was carrying supper past me and just let me know that she was here. What 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 she cook for dinner, Jim? I'm a little hungry myself. Jim's already moved on to eating it. Jim, thanks for listening to... Girl, you're always hungry, right? man. It's the greatest radio show ever. I ate at Cafe Hollander today.
Oh, yeah, nice. Not the one in Milwaukee where we were at the scene of the crime post-Republican presidential debate. Fine guest list that night included Charles Franklin, pollster extraordinaire, and U.S. Senator Ron Johnson. <laughs> oh, the good old days back when we could talk to Republicans without thinking you're, you know, conversing with the traitors. Are we going to have to have like a line literally around our production booth on the Republican debate coming to Milwaukee? Just like, bro, Joe, stay past this line. Thank you all for listening. Badgers tip off at six. WFHR, our Badger flagship station. Keep it locked. Civic Media app.